Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is episode 80. And in this episode, I'm talking about a topic that I think is very important, Um, but I'm talking about it from my perspective as a single person. And, you know, in the past year, I think I shared in, in an episode that, you know, the past year has had a lot of there have been a lot of unexpected, you know, illnesses, serious illnesses in my first circle, my immediate circle. And also, you know, a couple of cases of just unexpected, untimely death. And so these instances, the health scares, the, the diagnosis and all of that have I've always I've been thinking about health insurance for like a few years now. But I was still on the fence, and I'll tell you why I was on the fence as a single person. I mean, my opinion, and this is not financial advice, is that if you have, you know, children, if you have a spouse and children that depend on your income, it's a no-brainer. You absolutely need life insurance coverage. Now, if you're a single person, I don't think it is as straightforward. And so here are the things that I've been thinking about when it relates to um, health insurance. Uh, sorry, life insurance. So life insurance is is a key part of many people's financial plans. It, it offers security and, and gives peace of mind by providing a safety net for our loved ones, you know, in the case that we, we pass away untimely. Now, like I said, for married people and people with children, the benefit is so easy to see. But what about those of us that are on our own and, and are not married and don't have children or are not even divorced with children? Um, do we need life insurance as a person or as a people or as a community? Um, and, and the answer is that it depends. But first, I thought I would explain how life insurance, how a life insurance contract kind of is set up and is structured. And so there are two main types, right? The first one is term life insurance, which lasts only for the number of years that you select. And then the next is perm life or whole life insurance which stays in effect as long as you pay the premium and the contract retains its value. And it is way more more expensive, like 20 times more expensive whole life or permanent life than term life. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, I just want to share some reasons that life insurance may make sense for you as a single person. And at the end, I'll highlight the main reasons that I'm deciding um, to get life insurance this year. Number one, life insurance can cover end-of-life expenses. So think funerals, think burials, think cremation. All of those things can be expensive. And I know this may sound like a morbid topic, but I've had to pay for a good chunk of the funeral of, of, of my siblings. So, um, you know, I, it, it happens even when you least expect it. 
it can happen. And if you do have some protection, that goes a long way in just, you know, making sure your loved one can focus on, on what they need to focus on at this terrible time, as opposed to, oh, how are we going to raise money for this or that? Um, average funeral costs are anywhere between, you know, about $10,000. And if you're international and want to be taken back and forth, add a couple more tens of thousands of dollars to that cost. And so life insurance proceeds can be used to pay for these costs and it would spare your loved ones the stress or financial difficulty when they're going through a tough time. Number two, you know, people talk about, oh yeah, if something happens to me, I'm not going to pay off my debt. Well, <laughs> if your debts are co-signed, so for example, if you have a mortgage, a car loan, a student loan that you co-sign or you have your family member co-sign with you, those debts are likely not going to be discharged even upon death. And so those de those debts will remain and whoever co-signed for you will be responsible for paying those debts. And so having a life insurance policy then protects your co-signers who did you a favor by standing in the gap for you and signing for you when you needed these loans. So um, again, if, if you're in this position where you have loans that someone else has co-signed for, then you should have a life insurance policy to protect them. Another reason that a single person may need life insurance is, you know, just taking care of people that rely on us. And especially as immigrants, it's not just, you know, having a spouse and kids, right? Spouses and children aren't the only people that qualify as financial dependents. So if you're caring for a parent or or a sibling or other loved one or you're their primary source of livelihood or support, then life insurance can provide for them in the case of an untimely departure on your end. And so what you'll need to do is name anyone as your beneficiary to make sure that they'll continue to be taken care of. So make sure you name those people as beneficiaries so they can be taken care of. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is just, you know, for example, if you have like a mortgage and things like that, mortgages are also times when people tend to get um, life insurance. So in case something happens to them, um, you know, and creditors come for the mortgage, the insurance can pay off the mortgage. And that way there's an asset that can be sold or whatever it is you want can, can then be done. And so again, you know, people don't have to pay out of pocket or deal with the hassle of what, what do we need to do with this, you know, big debt that this person has. And then another reason is that you might want to leave an inheritance or a gift. Now, if you, especially if you don't have people that don't have children, you may, you don't have to, but you may want to leave an inheritance to a family member, your best friend or any other loved one. And so a death benefit from your policy, even, even, even to um, a charity of your choice, um, or even to your, your niece or nephews and a death benefit could be like a gift to your niece or nephew to pay for their college. For example, uh, you could list your best friend, um, because maybe they could be comforted that, you know, you know, you deeply valued, you know, their friendship and the relationship that you had. And like I said, you could also list your favorite charity as a benefactor. And then the last reason I'll list here is just locking in lower premiums now. Um, life insurance rates, and that's the thing, you know, life insurance companies are here to make money. And so, you know, the older you are, the more likely you are to actually use up the benefits. 
the younger you are, the less likely you, you know you'll you'll be. And of course, life happens, but that's just you know it's a it's a it's a game of numbers, and that's just how things work. And so, as you get older, your chances of getting sick or dying unexpectedly logically increases, and so your insurance carriers adjust the price of coverage accordingly. And so that's why it might make sense to lock in a lower cost coverage when you're younger instead of waiting until you're older. So, you know, getting it in your 20s, early 30s. Now I'm like mid 30s, entering late 30s. So we'll see what my what my premium is. Um, and, and term life insurance, which is, you know, the most basic and affordable type of coverage, you know, cost people find that it costs less than they, they thought. I know people that were paying less than $20 a month on their term life insurance policies. Um, and so if you lock in a rate now for a policy that lasts 10, 15, 20 or 30 years, it can deliver value over a long period of time. And, and of course, you know, maybe I'll just explain a term life insurance policy. A term life insurance policy lasts for a specific amount of time between five years and 30 years, there are ranges that you can choose. Um, and if you only want limited coverage, say a, a coverage to cover your, your mortgage payments or a coverage to cover a certain dollar amount, um, then you know a term policy could be very useful. And it is the cheapest form of life insurance, and it essentially covers your named beneficiary or beneficiaries should you pass away. However, once the policy applies, that's it. There are no added benefits. So let's say you get a 10-year term policy after 10 years, even if you don't use it, that's it. It's gone. And I think it's, I know people think about, oh yeah, that's just money going away. But it's the same thing we think about car insurance. You pay more than $18, $20 a month in car insurance. And that gives you comfort knowing that if something happens to your car, you don't have to pay a bunch of all the money out of pocket. Same thing with health insurance, at least, you know, in the U.S., and of course, when it expires, you can then extend it. And of course, you'll be charged at your new age when you renew that policy. And so it'll probably cost more as you get older. And so with that, let me talk about my personal reasons for, for looking into getting life insurance. I think one, it's been the um, just a rude awakening or reminder for people in my circle, people my age that have had um, diagnosis and I've had conversations with them. And one of the things that, you know, a couple of them have said, or one or two of them have said is, you know, they were, they were going to get life insurance, but they just hadn't gotten around to it. And now with their diagnosis, it makes things, it makes things tougher. And in some cases, people were denied life insurance coverage because of the recent diagnosis. Um, you know, and for me, that's, that's been a big reason for me to just revisit it. Cause I've just been stalling. Cause I'm like, ah, uh, you know, if something happens to me, sell my assets and just, you know, share it between these people and, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't have children to raise or, you know, a family to have a have a home for. My parents don't live with me. You know, they, they have a pension. I support family, but at least they have a pension that covers their day to day. Right. And so that's those were my reasons for like holding off. But um, with what's just been going on and just getting older and reading into these things, I'm like, hmm. Maybe I should revisit what I thought. And I think that's the thing is that we are always entitled to revisiting things and, and changing, you know, our minds. You are entitled to change your mind. So um, for me, I want to lock in rates now before they get more expensive, right? Because in like five years, I'll be in my 40s and it'll be more expensive. So I want to lock it in now and, um, 
you know, they say the ideal time to buy life insurance is when you're young and you have a clean bill of health, especially because life insurance policies will look at the risk of the person purchasing the policy when they're underwriting it. Now, I can get it now. I don't technically need it now, but by getting it now, I want to lock in the coverage. I want to lock in the pricing for a number of years. Um, And apparently, life insurance policies for women cost less than men. Just a fun fact. The other thing is, yes, I do have group life insurance through my company. I have a a smaller amount. I don't even think if I pay maybe $5 a month. And so that's great. But for most people, that is not enough coverage. So I'm looking to just supplement that a bit. And I'm getting it not for my present, but I'm getting it because of what may happen, what I expect to happen over the next 10 to 15 years, which is getting married, having a family of my own, having young children to protect and to support. Um, and, you know, I've been looking into it and I understand that I can change my beneficiary or update my policy upon marriage or having kids. And, um, you know, I think my friend said his wife was paying about $30 a month or something around that. And so I'll keep you posted about my process, maybe via my mid-year check-in, because I feel like it's just something that people want to know more about, not because I like sharing my business, but I do think that maybe just having someone share a personal experience would be helpful. Um, and, and I mean, of course, there's information that's, that's helpful in this conversation to people that are married with children, but I wanted to focus this conversation on single people because they are the people that have the least amount of coverage of conversations when it comes to um, life insurance. And so what I plan to do is to get maximum 10 to 15 years. At this point in my life, I do not need a longer term policy. And, and here's why. Um, you know, I think for one, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. Um, I don't have kids. And there are a couple of reasons that I think that, that, that will indicate that you no longer need insurance policy. And I expect to hit one of those milestones in the next 10 to 15 years. One, your kids are grown and are now adults and fending for themselves. So you don't have to have insurance policy to cover them to say, oh, how will they pay for their rent if something happens to me? Well, that's not true for me because I don't have kids yet. <laughs> However, let's go to number two. Number two reason that you may no longer need insurance, life insurance, is if you're retired. So you've worked, you have your retirement that's paying for your living and all that stuff. And again, you don't have anybody else to fend for in that time. So you may no longer need life insurance. And then the third reason is where I hope to end up being within the next 10 years is that I have amassed enough wealth such that my family is not relying on my income. So if something happens to me, my assets can take care of my family. And so that's going back to the reason for life insurance. Life insurance is not meant to be a wealth building. It is a protection for your people. It is a protection of your, for your assets. And so for me, I hope that by the end, if I get a 10 to 15 year policy, by the end of that term, I hope I can say that I have enough assets that if anything happens to me, My assets can take care of my family in my absence or, you know, so, so that's, that's where I am. And that's why I'm thinking of getting a shorter um, term policy. Um, You know, I think that, like I said, the purpose of insurance is not to get rich. And I think that there's a lot of misinformation around that, right? The, The purpose of insurance is to make sure that your loved one's lifestyle does not become unmanageable due to an untimely death. 
Now, if there's enough money to pay for whatever the surviving family members need or people that you support, you know, then there's no there's no need to keep life insurance and to continue to pay the premiums. Um, I, you know, but again, it might make sense if you have a broader estate planning strategy and it makes sense in the context of that, that's fine. But I'm just talking about a need to have versus a nice to have. Now, um, you know, just going forward, I just want to talk about high level and I'm not an insurance expert, you know, people will talk about, oh, what about the whole life policy? The ones that I said cost 10 to 20 times of a term life policy. And those are, those can be, you know, advertised from a predatory standpoint to say, oh, this is an investment, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, look at the price of a, a perm life policy. If you ever have a policy agent talking to you about getting a perm life or whole term policy, ask them to show you, okay, what am I going to be paying every month? And compare that to what would I pay if I got a term life policy? And then if you take the difference between those amounts and you invest that in the S&P 500, how much will you have for certain after so many years? 99.9% of the time, it is better to get a term life policy and invest the difference in the, in the monthly premiums, you know, in a, in a simple index fund or something of the sort. So my people, do not be misled. Make your decisions from a place of knowledge, not from a place of fear. And that's why it's always important to understand your options and understand what each of those options mean for you and for your situation, because there should always be context. The, things like this, insurance, all of that is never a black or white thing. If someone just says, oh my God, you don't have whole life insurance. Oh my God, your family is messed up. That's a sign that they don't know what they're talking about, right? So, you know, think about what you have in assets. Think about whatever you have any debts that need to be settled. Think about whether you have kids that will be, their lifestyle will be unmanageable if you, if you, if you depart unexpectedly. Um, so that's my update on me changing my mind on, on life insurance. And I'm thankful for, you know, while they've been unfortunate circumstances, either health scares or, 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 or diagnosis, um, they have triggered the conversation with me. And I've had one friend that's been like, have you gotten your insurance? And I'm on it. And the goal is to have it before the end of this second quarter. So in my half year, um, updates, I will be sharing, you know, what the process was like. And, 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 um, because I'm a CPA for my day job, not for the purposes of this podcast, take that out. <laughs> um, I do, I am able to get, if you, so if you're a CPA and you're listening, um, the AICPA does offer, um, I've heard some of the best life insurance premiums. So I've heard that their premiums are cheaper than everybody else because apparently CPAs are pretty a pretty um, um, tame group to insure and so by insuring us as a group um, it, you know it looks like their overall payouts are less and so um, we get lower premiums and if you're a CPA you can even get insurance policy on your non-CPA spouse as well so just shouting this group community out if that's if you fall into that bucket. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We have done 80 episodes and I will be back next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend for those of us that live in the US. And I think it's a bank holiday in London. So um, have a great May, end of May bank holiday. Ciao. Take care. Bye. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. 
And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what? popping and you amplify our message to other potential listeners and last but not least please follow us at instagram at the rich immigrant and as we go out into the world i hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home ciao bye odavo see you next time